0: Today we celebrate the feast of Saints Basil the Great and Gregory Nazianzus, and these are two very very great saints in our Catholic tradition. We have uh, a total of what we call the eight Doctors of the Church. Okay, there are four of these eight Doctors from the West, and then there are four from the East. So you got four and four, East and West, the Latin and then the Greek. In the uh, in the East, Gregory, uh, Nazianzus, and Basil are two of those four. Okay, so these are—I mean, if you think about it, these are these are well, I don't know what that percentage exactly would be, but t- t- two, one fourth or a quarter. Yeah, these are these are a quarter. Together, they constitute a quarter of the doctors of the Church. Okay, of, of the wisdom of the Church. They they're. Very ancient saints. They go back to the fourth century. The fourth century was a time in the history of the church. It's very, very important. Kind of a golden era of sorts. And it, what it did is uh, liturgically and and theologically, the the church really kind of consolidated itself and took a lot of um, various kind of streams and traditions and sort of uh, they they came they crystallized and they became kind of standardized and then were. Put forward into the future until us to this day. So to this day, the church really has been shaped very greatly by the writings of these two men, by the work and the, and the ministry and the teaching of these two men. Uh, at that time in the fourth century, there was a lot of controversy over the person of Christ, and it's very relevant. Our, our first reading talks about the antichrist. It talks about you know denying that Jesus is the Christ. It's focusing on uh, theological errors that have to do with the person of Christ, and this was what saints. Basil and Gregory Nazianzus were really um, striving to combat any kind of error that had to do with the person of Christ. So these are these are very great saints. It's just a little bit of a background, but what I talked about last year when I preached on these two saints was I spoke about how they had a lot in common with John the Baptist, who we see in our, in our gospel text. Um, Sometimes we look at saints and we say, you know, whether it's a saint from the Bible or a saint from from church history, we say, you know, they just like pop out of the blue. It's like they drop down from the sky. And they're, oh yeah, they're just these holy people. There's no explanation for them whatsoever. But what we forget is their background and where they're coming from. And there's reasons why they're, they're holy people. And uh, for both John the Baptist and Saints Gregory uh, and Basil... It's their families. Their families were very holy. So the kind of the homily I gave last year on these guys was how saintly families and saintly parents produce saintly children. Okay, So John the Baptist, he had two saints for, uh, for parents, St. Zachary and, and St. Elizabeth. And uh, saints, uh, just looking at St. Basil, for example, he came from a very, very holy family. They had something like eight or ten kids in their family. One of his sisters is a saint, Saint Macrina. Another one of his brothers, Saint Gregory, not of Nazianzus but of Nyssa. He's another saint. His parents were saints. His grandparents go back, and um, you know, there's a, it's a saintly lineage. So that was kind of my message for last year. This year, what I'd like to focus on is again, there's something in common that John the Baptist have, and so also Saints Basil and Gregory Nazianzus uh that uh it is was productive of their holiness. Okay? And that is that they were separated, they and their families and their family lineage, they were separated from the worlds. They were they were not worldly. They and their parents and their families in general took steps and, and the religious culture in general out of which they came, took steps to eliminate worldly influences from the moral and spiritual development of these Saints when they were younger. Okay, it's very, very important. Today especially, uh, it's so important. John the Baptist, uh, grew up in the desert for crying out loud. Okay, so he was really, really separated from bad influences, from negative influences. In the, in the Christian tradition, there's a very, very deep and ancient tradition of, of uh, what's called the Arimatical tradition, which is be, living as a hermit, okay, going off into desolate desert places or wilderness places and living separate from worldly influences. a very, very deep tradition in Christianity. But what's not as well known is that also in Judaism, in ancient Judaism, this was a practice. So in John the Baptist's day, he was raised in the desert, essentially, he grew up in the desert. But he wasn't the only one. People did this. At that time, so for example, there's a famous Jewish uh, historian by the name of Josephus. Josephus, when he was a teenager, spent like four or five years out in the desert, sort of being discipled by a, a hermit. And this is, this is within the, the context of the Jewish religion, so Christianity hasn't yet come about yet. So this was a practice that was done, and we know archaeologists have uncovered uh, almost like a kind of a monastic. Um, foundations and buildings of Jews who lived in in Egypt and they lived in Palestine and they lived in kind of monastic establishments and settlements. So uh, John, this is John the Baptist's background in the in the lives of Saint Basil and Gregory. Very fascinating. The fourth century was not only a very important uh, era for theological controversy, uh, but also for persecution. Of the church, and so one of the greatest persecutions that the church has ever faced was called the Diocletian persecution. It took place in the first, in, right in the beginning of the fourth century, under the Emperor Diocletian, and it got so bad it was an empire-wide persecution against Christians. It got so bad that many Christians fled off into the desert, and they literally lived in the desert to escape the persecution. And that was true of Basil's. I think it was his grandparents, if not his great grandparents. They lived in the desert, they raised their families in the desert, and then eventually when things died down, they were able to come back to civilization and and flourish and transmit the faith, pure and unhindered, uncorrupted, to future generations. So for us, my brothers and sisters, we we were not necessarily going to go out into a desert, but what is it in our lives? Is there a way that we can kind of take some space, a kind of a retreat space, a desert space? To, to create that in our lives so that we can be there open and disposed before God so that God can give us his holiness. What is it in our lives that we can do? So for example, this is just a resolution I had this morning in prayer. Every once in a while I, I haul off and I take some time and I watch a stupid movie on Amazon Prime. So I, I recently watched a uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, just a little bit of a cultural enrichment here with Willy Wonka and the and the Chocolate Factory. But um, and I was thinking recently, you know, I I, I want to see the Planet of the Apes. Okay, <laughs> okay. as silly as that sounds, I want to watch the Planet of the Apes. So I was kind of intending on setting aside some time tonight to watch the Planet of the Apes, and I said, you know what, this time would be better spent in uh, first of all doing a little bit of work, but but also spending time more time in prayer. Why not spending more time in reading scripture, in meditation, quiet, silence, setting aside that desert space, that retreat space. So instead of you know distracting myself, here I am. I'm going to open myself to God's grace, His influence. That's a little example. You know, cutting down on the the social media, cutting down on all of the television. It's it's a real tragedy. Sometimes you know people are lonely and so they turn the TV on and they like they keep it on all day you know it's it's not good it's not good turn the TV off let god speak to you let god be present as opposed to the news anchor or whatever it might be you know american idol or whatever the television shows be present with the lord let let that space be there in your life for him to have an opportunity to, to help you to grow in holiness that's how saints become saints. They don't drop out of the sky. There's, there's environmental uh, causes uh, that at least are, are dispositive, disposing causes, to help them to become the saints that they are. After all, that's what we're all called to be, saints like John the Baptist, like Saints Basil and St. Gregory Nazianzus.